The Word is for everyone. It's alive and active, filled with wisdom, truth, and hope. Understanding and interpreting its pages can seem overwhelming, but this podcast is here to help. This is Unschooled and Ordinary. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Unschooled and Ordinary podcast. It's so good to be with you. I'm Tyler. I'm here with Ben, Angie, and Brandy. We've got another episode for you. (laughs) So, Ben, not only are you Mr. Commentary himself, but you also have a great question for us to get us started. So, I do. What is that question today? It's simple. Um, You know, great questions don't have to be complicated. So, it's just real simple. When it comes to pets, Do you prefer dogs or cats? Definitely dogs. Mm -hmm. Well, let me give you a little backstory. When I was a child, I loved cats. Cats were my favorite. Then I realized they were evil. When When Nancy and I got married, we agreed, no cats. And within a couple months, Tanner Ross brought Nancy a cat, a little sweet kitten. She was his teacher. He brought her a cat. It was weird. And so I walk in to my house, and we've got a cute little evil cat. <laughs> and I pick her up. Her name's Puma. And she peed on me. Mm. She's still living. Oh. Ten years later, mm. unfortunately. Mm. That's impressive. But I do have a dog <laughs> who I love. Her name's Allie. She's a golden doodle. <laughs> mm. She's the best. Awesome. Aww. So you have a dog and a cat. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Brandy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer neither. <laughs> wow. But Do they make too much noise like when they drink water and eat their food? And swallow. <laughs> okay, valid. But um, I just feel like I have enough responsibility in my life without adding another living being that needs me. Mm. Um, but with that being said, my daughter loves cats. We had a cat, Whiskers, for a couple years. Um, she's no longer with us, though. Rest in peace. Um, and my sister lives with us right now, and she has two massive dogs in our house. That so you love. I love them so much. Um, no, they're really good dogs. It's just, you know, I mean, if it were my choice, we'd have no pets. What kind of dogs are they? Um, a husky and a golden retriever. Like humans. Beautiful. So I have two more humans, basically, in my house. You know, there is a lot of wisdom in that statement that you said Mm -hmm. that, like, dogs come with responsibilities. Oh, like a lot. Or even the cat. Like, I did, okay, I might prefer a cat just a little bit because cats are like, I don't need you. They're a little more independent. Yeah. So that was a little better. But they they are a little evil, too. I I understand, Tyler. They can be handy, though. They can. They get those critters, for mm-hmm. sure. Not my yeah. cat. She's never <laughs> killed anything. <laughs> we have two dogs and uh, a cat. We used to have more than one cat. <laughs> I like to try to keep a cat outside to help with the critters. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're down all of our cats. Uh, had so a tough time. We had a tough stretch with cats. <laughs> you Something. tried, though. We got Wiley the Coyote out there. <laughs> <laughs> that's like sneaking oh, up and getting the cats funny, off the back porch or something. Mm. At the rate, they're disappearing. <laughs> so um, we're down some cats, but we do have, we still have one that, hang, that hides in the house mm-hmm. somewhere, you know. Angie? I'm definitely not a cat person. I'm a dog person. But, you know, I've been trying to tr- to practice, like, my generosity. Mm. 
So I think we should have like a podcast giveaway. <laughs> to a lucky listener. Yes. And I have the perfect giveaway. Okay. A black lab. That's beautiful. Going to be four in April. Named? And I will give this dog to you. Named? Like today. Already I will deliver him to your house. Duke. Duke. He is. Cool he's incredible. Everyone needs Duke in his life. And honestly, Tyler, you were telling that story. I think I might just come drop him off at your house. Mm. Y'all seem to take in strays very well, whether or not you want them. <laughs> and they live. Hmm. I don't. She's not joking. No, I was no. Gonna say, I don't today. think Angie's joking. <laughs> I'm to the point. I need to get rid of if this you, dog. If you want a cute dog named Duke, email Angie <laughs> at angieadventurechurch.org. I just need to know he's going to be loved. Mm. So I'm so glad you asked that question. Yeah. So perfect for me today. There you go. God just lines things up. What are we talking about, Tyler? <laughs> I was wondering if we would ever get to the topic. So in the series, 21 Days of Prayer, and today we are going to look at the Lord's Prayer, as we call it, found in Matthew chapter 6. And uh, this is where Jesus teaches his disciples, and thus us, how we can pray. All right, Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 5. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. It's pretty straightforward, right? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot. What part do you want to hit on first? Any ideas? There's so much <laughs> in that that we can unpack. Yeah. Well, I think, like, it's probably a fair assessment to ask, like, have you ever wondered, like, well, what's, what's the point of prayer, right? Um, mm. Where is it? Verse 8. Yeah, verse 8. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Mm-hmm. So what, what's the point? I think that's a pretty common um, question. I know I've had people ask me that before, like, if if God already knows what I need, then why even bother telling Him? But... I don't know, for, for me, I, I relate most to that question and thought in terms of, like, my marriage. I can know that Derek, my husband, loves me, but unless he tells me and shows me an action, it's kind of meaningless. Like, uh, mm-hmm. it means a lot to me to hear those words and for him to show me in action his love, not for me to just assume and know, well, we're married, he loves me. And so when I relate that to God... Um, I, I believe it's more of the relational aspect that he, yes, he is sovereign. And that prayer lays out so perfectly how we should begin our prayers in acknowledging his sovereignty and who he is and how holy he is and just recognizing that, but at the same time recognizing that 
he values the relationship. He values the the concerns we have, and that we're even we're even willing to come to him and offer our hearts and the things that matter to us up to him. I think it's also important to note that right here in verse eight, when it says, "For your father knows what you need before you ask him." The, the verses before that, it's really given us more of a guide, too, on, like, the condition of our heart when we pray. Mm. You know, so I think maybe we said this last week or the week before. I don't know, but I remember us talking about, hey, it doesn't matter how long your prayer is. It doesn't matter that you have the perfect words for your prayer. It's when you're faking the prayer because you're trying to make sure that the people around you think that you're the best prayer or the smartest prayer or fill in the blank. I think this is pretty clear. Like, hey, don't forget, God already knows what's in your heart. So when you pray, make sure that you're not just saying stuff to impress other people because mm-hmm. the point of praying is that you're talking to God. Right. Yeah. Or even privately checking the box. Right. not be anybody mm-hmm. else around, but this is what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going I'm to check the box. Yeah. And even with our perfect example of how to pray, like God, you know, Jesus says, pray to your father like this. But it's also easy for us to repeat even that prayer silently or in front of other Mm -hmm. people with the absolute wrong intention. So, Yeah, I I think we would all all agree that when we pray, praying with our heart is probably a good way to go. (laughs) Probably, definitely. (laughs) But, But sometimes... Like, just following this prayer, I mean, if that's all you got, mm-hmm. it's better mm-hmm. than nothing. Yeah. yeah. It's like the, the idea of formation. Like, I'm going to show up and do it because yeah. I know I'm being formed into the image of Jesus. The, but even the in that, of it, your you see the yeah, heart behind it. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Your heart is more of a, you know, I don't know how technically, so I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. That's still valuable and yeah. seen by. And the their posture of humility in that, that yeah. saying, God, I don't know what to say to you right, right. now, mm-hmm. I don't know, but I, I'm coming to you because that's all I know to do. Yeah. So don't hear us say if you say the Lord's Prayer and that's right. all you got, yeah. that it's bad or wrong, but it does matter that your heart's intentionally right. turned towards Him. I had never really noticed how much the Lord's Prayer is a is a director of the posture of our heart, like the whole the whole thing, like we just had that, that conversation, but as I, as I read down it, the thought that kept coming to my mind was that the the Lord's Prayer continue, continually puts me in my place where God is big and I'm small. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even like that, in, that entire prayer is outlined in a, in a way of proper positioning, right? That he is big, I'm not. Um, Another, like along those lines, I've never noticed, I guess, it never says me. Mm-hmm. either you know even when it's talking about us it's us you know it's never give me what i need give us this day forgive our debt you know mm-hmm. it's it's not me centered mm. yeah and the the order of that too i noticed with the wording because it goes from you and you're talking about god mm-hmm. you know hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will it's all about him at the first. beginning of the prayer first right and then moves into a posture of us, mm-hmm. as in, you know, us and our neighbor. Neighbor, and I've, 
I've also read where that's reflective of the two greatest commands he gave of to love God first and mm-hmm. foremost with all of your heart, soul, and mind, and then love your neighbor as yourself. So just to see that little um, parallel in mm-hmm. that prayer. I've never thought about that. Yeah. And what, so the question that we started with, what, like, what's the point of prayer, right? And one of y'all said it yesterday. I really love how you said it, but aligning our hearts with the heart of God. Yeah, I like that. Right. And, um, so, man, sometimes when I don't have the words and I, what's the point he already knows, but like, but it's about getting my heart in alignment with his heart. Mm-hmm. I know because so often I walk away from like prayers that I've prayed consistently for a really long time, seeking God for a specific thing. And I was changed more and the outcome was completely different. Mm-hmm. And, and the prayer was never answered the way that I thought I wanted it to be answered, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so prayer changes your heart for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think um, like when when you look at the Lord's Prayer, in the beginning, he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I think just that statement assumes that God's will in full is not being executed on earth. Because if it was, then we wouldn't have to pray for it. Mm-hmm. In part, yes, but in full, maybe not so much. And I think that's where we come in as followers of Christ, where we were, we were given the command back in the garden to be fruitful and multiply, work and subdue the land, which is basically to make, make and cultivate a good life for us and the people around us, like make the world better. Jesus comes, he gives us the great commission to go and make disciples. So as, as we pray, Like we are, I think we are joining in or we are partnering with God with what he is wanting to accomplish in this world, in and around and through us. We get to not just get our needs met, which God is going to do, but we get to be used by him. Another part that, I mean, I've read and said the Lord's Prayer as long as I can remember, but the part where it talks about forgiveness, forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. That's one of those that has always been a little, um, I might say it a little faster, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you'll forgive skip through me, that Lord, real quick. Yeah. Forgive me, other people. Uh, forgive them, <laughs> whatever. Um, but I don't know that I've ever as much focused on verses 14 and 15 because that kind of comes after the Lord's prayer. Um, And it is very, very straightforward about forgiveness. If we do not forgive others, our Heavenly Father will not forgive us. And that makes that part of that prayer, that's a lot more serious. Mm. And, I mean, I don't know, just forgiveness in general is something that, I don't know about y'all, it doesn't come really easily to me. Um, maybe outwardly I can say that I have forgiven someone, but for sure, like the internal, my heart, since we're talking about the posture of our hearts, uh, I don't know that my heart's always in the right posture when it comes to praying for forgiveness. It's more like God, maybe I guess help me forgive them. I don't know. Mm -hmm. That's something that I've been realizing about myself lately, I guess. So you're saying that it's impossible to be right with God and to be wrong with someone else. I'm not saying that. I think scripture is, though. (laughs) (laughs) 
so forgiveness is pretty important. Yeah, it's a big okay. one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even even when I don't want to. Yeah. But I think some of the misconception there can be if I forgive someone, I have to be like in direct relationship with him once again. Like restored to what it was before. Right. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that. Mm-hmm. I mean like like the whole forgive and forget. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe that part's not biblical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We added Only a when it bit. applies to Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I just I, I I think that that could hold us back in thinking that if I forgive this person, then I'm going to have to be restored in my friendship or my relationship with them as it were before. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily true. I mean, forgiveness is affecting the condition of your heart, mm. and the other person may or may not ever even receive it. But it is a command that God gives us the opportunity to be involved in. Mm. Um, well, and if it's a part of our example of how to pray, then obviously it's something that he knew wasn't going to be easy for us, and it can't be done in my power. Right. I have to ask for God's help to truly forgive. To understand that, though, like it is so hard, but if you see it in the light of it was already one for you by him dying on the cross, like that was the hard part. So he did the work. That was hard. We don't need to take on the responsibility of thinking that it's impossible. Mm-hmm. Like if we, like you said, do it through him, that's the only way that true forgiveness is going to come. And the, eventually compassion will be born out of that and not bitterness. But mm-hmm. with not forgiving, it's a matter of time before bitterness and resentment just kind of takes over. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and is there an element too of my unwillingness to extend forgiveness. I'm uh, also coming at it from a posture of not recognizing my need for forgiveness from God. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's, there's some, uh, maybe some pride. That's exactly there. the word I was thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That um, I lose sight of my need for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Right. When I'm unwilling to, unwilling extend, it to, to extend it to others. But then on the other hand of that, when you do understand that need and you accept it, in reality, it should be seen as a gift and easier to extend mm-hmm. because you've realized the value of what you've been given. Mm-hmm. So we're saying forgiveness is definitely necessary yes. for all of us. But to give whatever person full access back into your life may not be necessary. Right. May not even be wise. Yeah. Right. Those two things. I think Angie, you said it I think beautifully about like this the our first go to misconception that is a barrier for us a lot of times is that because if I forgive, that means this has to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like and that's the I'm not willing for this pat to be like it was before. Yes. So I, therefore, I'm not going to extend mm-hmm. forgiveness, right? Is that right. kind of what we're forgiveness saying? Forgiveness and boundaries can coexist, right? Yeah. So forgiveness and would should. be the first step. Yeah, reconciliation could come. Yeah, like the but relationship, it's not a guarantee. right? The relationship could be restored to what it was, maybe even better, mm-hmm. but it's not a guarantee. Yeah, and that's not what we can control, mm. but we can control. Our, our heart before the Lord yeah. and be willing to be obedient to what he says. Yeah. Um, I think it's dangerous if we let bitterness 
into our hearts. Angie was telling me this the other day, I think from Timothy Keller, mm-hmm. that uh, the seed of bitterness, with every seed there's a shoot, with every shoot there's a tree, with every tree there's a forest. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to let unforgiveness get deep-rooted into your soul mm-hmm. because it will produce a forest of bitterness. And that's just not worth That's yeah. not worth it. That's not yeah, no, that's good. And like, because I, I was thinking too, it makes you really stop and think about like David's example in Psalms 139, where he says, Search me and know my heart. Mm-hmm. So it makes me stop and think and say, Do I have seeds of unforgiveness mm-hmm. <laughs> hidden in my heart that I've buried so far down there? I don't even realize are there and what they're, what they're doing to me and, and my relationship with God. I think this is such a deep, deep topic that there's so much more to be said. But um, I do want to encourage if anybody has ever read Lisa Turker's book, um, Forgive. I think it's called Forgiving What You Can't Forget. I may mm-hmm. be a little off on that. But it's an amazing resource that talks about forgiveness in depth, in the hard parts. Like probably one of the best books on forgiveness I've ever read. Mm-hmm. So check it out if you want. That's good. Well. <laughs> I've got so much more that I want to say. <laughs> we like, could have a whole episode just on forgiveness, apparently. We should have like three more bonus episodes <laughs> to walk through the Lord's Prayer. Oh, boy. Maybe next year for 21 Days of Prayer. There we go. We'll just break this thing down. Mm. Exegete. Oh, that's a big word. There's a word for <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> Spell it. I'm just kidding. Ooh, that's tough. <laughs> On that note. This is the Unschooled and Ordinary That's podcast. right, that's right. Keep it simple. And I can't spell. <laughs> I would like to blame spell check and all that, but mm. I've never been good at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, y'all, thanks for hanging out with us today. We hope that this content has helped you. Hope it will benefit and help produce fruitful conversation in your house church. Feel free to run with any of this content. And more than anything, get into Scripture, Matthew chapter 6. Where Jesus teaches on prayer is so good, and there's so many different ways you can go with it. So have a great time as you discuss it, and we hope that you continue to grow and that your prayer life would grow as well. So we love you. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Unschooled and Ordinary is an original podcast from Venture Church. While this podcast is great for individual study, the Word really comes alive when we talk about it and apply it to our lives in house church. House churches are small groups of believers gathered in homes for a meal, scripture study, discipleship, and prayer in a trusted community of faith. They meet on Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. in homes throughout South Mississippi, and you can join anytime. To find a house church near you, visit venturechurch.org slash housechurch.